it gave me uh, the ability to say, you know, this is what you are. This mm -hmm. is, you know, mm -hmm. you are totally authorized to walk out on the street and make pictures. Like, yeah. that is yeah. your job. That's so great. Like, you to know? see right? someone, you've seen your mentor give themselves that license their whole life over and over and over again. And, like, it's so inspiring to see that. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. It's like that guy in San Francisco who sells toast at the truck. You know, <laughs> Expensive you know toast? Ex like, it's just like all you can go there and get is like toast. <laughs> well, should we all fly to San Francisco and get toast? <laughs> Forget the podcast. I say we <laughs> FedEx it in, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're here with Greg Miller and Mon Sharma. We're excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I mean, you're it's one awesome. of these. You're one of these photographers that is kind of like uh, I don't want to say household name, but it's just you know, oh, if, especially you spend a lot of time online or looking at contemporary photography. You kind of know Greg Miller and his work. It's 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 one of those. You see one of those pictures, and it's kind of a signature photograph. Wow. Mm -hmm. So we want to start by uh, that's good. Say that. <laughs> that my know, social media is working. Something's happening. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yesterday, I was walking around back from work, and I saw all the people with the ashes. Mm -hmm. And immediately, yes. when I immediately saw him, I was like, "He must somebody must." I was be out all, photographing all yesterday. Yeah, yes. yeah, it was. It's great. It's uh, and this is my um, this is my nineteenth uh, year of wow. doing it. I started in nineteen ninety seven, and I've taken two years off. Uh -huh. The first, so the first year I did it in nineteen ninety seven, and then nineteen ninety eight, I realized it was a project, and I didn't shoot that year. And I uh -huh. thought, "Oh my god." I got to make this a project. And mm -hmm. so then in since 1999, I've done it every year. But last year, the other year I didn't, did, it, did not do it, it was um, I was in India. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I yeah. decided to take a trip. And um, so it just so happened that the travel worked out that I was in India on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how many, when you go out and do this, how many people do you stop on any given day? I mean, because you're shooting eight by 10. I mean, it's a whole process. It's yeah. Well, and, and there's people say no. Yeah. And then there's, um, there's, there's the people that, um, you know, I, I actually, when I first started doing it, like just, if they had ashes on their forehead, that was enough for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, quickly that, that kind of becomes old. And so, you know, you, it still has to be a good picture. You know, it still has, you know, just because they have ashes on their forehead doesn't matter. You yeah. Know? So, um, so I, I think, yeah, so I ended up, um, I, I, you know, I get a little more uh, picky after a while. And, uh, and, and then it, you know, and I, I want to, so I let, you know, many people pass by and before, you know, I, I kind of hone in on someone. And, and I, what, I've, what I was thinking about this yesterday is what, I, what I'm looking for is, is, is this, you can kind of see their emotions coming through in their face you know, that, you know, and, and they happen to have ashes on their forehead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that that's, you know, for me, you know, what I, what I end up looking for. But I, I do like to kind of diversify, you know, because if I, if I'll photograph several people of the same gender or the same race in a row, I'll try to, you know, switch it up a little bit. You know, I'll say, okay, next time, you know, it's going to be whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, um, but I, uh, but anyway, yeah, so I shot that um, yesterday and I shot 11 people. Mm -hmm. And um, that, and you know, and I'm dead at the end of that. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, but it, but I, I'm, it is hard to, you know, the sun's, you know, getting kind of good at the, you know, by the end of the day, like it's it's really beautiful. I'm like, I'm like one more, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the whole day, you know, my body is like, I want a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I really just yeah. want, you know, to take a break. Yeah. It's cool. It's usually cold. It's my first project. You know, it's the first thing I shoot a year. Uh -huh. So for me, it's sort of like it's, you know, Ash Wednesday, 
is the first day of Lent, mm-hmm. and um, and so it's uh, so for for a Christian for a person that's doing that, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're going through this like there are forty days in, in the desert. Mm-hmm. You know, you're giving up something. You know, you might give up beer or ice cream or mm-hmm. something, but you're so it's sort of like an introspective time of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's mm-hmm. not you know people will jokingly say to me you know because it's my project Happy Ash Wednesday, but it's not exactly a happy holiday. You uh-huh. know, uh-huh. and uh, but I think that. You know, for me, I'm not um, I'm not Catholic. You know, I was raised a, um, a Christian. I'm a Methodist. You know, my grandfather was a Methodist minister, mm-hmm. and so so for me, um, I, it it started as a you know I just liked the way it looked. You know, mm-hmm. and but since then I've I've you know I've gotten more involved. You know, with what it's about and what it means, and so um, so for the people that are getting ashes, you know, rec- you know uh, receiving ashes on Ash Wednesday, it's a it's a it's you know it's it's moving, you know, and I mean, and, and I think people, you know, it's, 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 it's everything to everybody, you know, right. so like if they, you know, some people get it out of obligation, some people get it, you know, it's, they don't want to not get it, so they do it, and, you know, and um, so, so I'm, I'm very, you know, conscious of what people are going through when they do it, you know. Um, so for me, it started out being visual, and, um, but, uh, but I think that, you know, for the body of work, it needs to kind of be about that you know, what people go through when they do it, you know. And, so how and, important is it, do you think, that this is happening in the middle of Manhattan? Which I don't know that people, well, when you think of Manhattan or New York City, you don't necessarily think of, like, I don't know, one of the religious centers of, or maybe I'm maybe I'm just being, that's my perception of it, but, you know, what I mean? is, there, is there something to it that you're doing this in, Manhattan in the middle of one of the biggest, you know, cities in the country. Yeah, like a commercial center. Yeah, a commercial yeah, center, like, yeah. and you have, you know... Yeah. Well, it's raised on secular, you know, like, you know, the, right. you know, this is, you know, Manhattan is, a, is like a capital of secular culture. You right. Know? right. And so, yeah, so no, and I, and I think that that's what I like. It's sort of a, you know, I think it, you know, the, the, I think the ritual of, of putting, you know, putting ashes on the forehead, I, you know, there's, I think it's maybe a little controversial, but I think it's like a pagan ritual, you mm. know, that, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not an expert on this, so I, you know, but, but it, I think that it's, so for me, it's something very ancient. And uh, mm-hmm. against this backdrop of of you know modern society, right, right, and so right. people you know people have shopping bags and they have you know you know men in suits and mm-hmm. and all these things and you know here they have they've gotten these ashes you know smudged on their forehead and when they you know um, and when the, f- the priest puts it on your forehead he says remember that your ashes and and to, unto ashes you will return mm-hmm. oh, that's beautiful. and so you know and it's like wow. Thank you. You know, like mm-hmm. boom. You know, yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good to remember, and that is what it's about. And wow. so, you know, and so if you if you look at the pictures and you you see a guy in a suit mm-hmm. and he's a tra- you know bond trader or something, mm-hmm. for him to have just received you know remember your ashes and unto ashes you will return, mm-hmm. I think that you know that's really powerful yeah absolutely. and uh you know somebody just came from the gap or they just came from you know they just you know like they're carrying all these shopping bags mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. and you know and the same is true you know for everybody so and i think you know what i find is that you know people are actually um you know i, I mean you know having lived in new york for you know 20 years you know i i feel there's actually a lot of humility in New York, you know, mm-hmm. that, that people actually are, you know, it's a tough city. I mean, it has a reputation for people being a little bit, you know, abrasive. But the truth is that when you live here, you know, people are actually really, you know, caring and they and they really, you know, they're they're unassuming, you know. And, um, and I find that, you know, the person that might go and get ashes is not somebody who's like, 
an asshole, right, you know, right, but right. to somebody who's already has humility in their life, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so you, mm. you know, so, I mean, it's, it's just an interesting, so this is not across the board, it, it, you know, that it's this contrast, mm-hmm. you know, it, it sometimes is like completely consistent with, you know, who they are. And, yeah, and again, like my pictures are uncaptioned, like they're, you know, untitled, mm-hmm. you know, there's no year. I stopped putting the year on them mm-hmm. uh, a while back. And so, so I don't, you know, we don't know anything about right, these people. Right, you know, right. all we have is what, you know, you can see, yeah. yeah, exactly what you see there. And so um, you're forced to make, uh, you know, assumptions or not, you know, that sort of thing. So all of your projects, and this one you said 19 years, is you you are, I mean, almost by the book, a long-term project. <laughs> for t- <gasps> well, like you, everything's in. It's you, like I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, people ask me, like, how do you start? You know, somebody asked, asked me, how how do you start projects? I'm uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, that I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, do you end them? them? Yeah, how do you end them? I'm right. not, you know, I, I could do some work right. on that, actually. Uh, so I know. was just, you, you received the Guggenheim Fellowship. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. And yeah. this, uh, I was reading up a little bit, I think it was an interview, but you chose Nashville. Yes. As to this was where you're going to center this project. Nashville is where you were born. Yeah. Um, so you're going home and you're doing this long-term project on Nashville. And how, what is kind of the, I don't want to say like, how is that going? But what, there's got to be that deep emotional connection to, to the place. Is that something different than you're seeing in your other projects? Or how does this one, do you feel, kind of differentiate mm. from the other stuff that you've been doing? You know. Well, the... Um, yeah, so Nashville. Um, the reason I chose Nashville is because it resonated so much, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and it was it, Nashville was. Um, uh, it was when I when I moved. So I moved to New York. Um, just a little backstory. So I moved to New York from high school. So I was 19 years old when I moved to New York, and I was really young, and it was like really I really wanted to move to New York, and um, and I and also part of that was I really wanted to get out of Nashville, mm-hmm. and so I mean not unlike any uh, teenage boy, I really was. Um, you know, I wanted, to, uh, you know, I, I really was uh, ready to kind of leave my, that, my childhood behind, like my teenage mm-hmm. year. I just was like, ready, you know, a lot of teenage angst and, and my teenage angst lasted well into my twenties. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, so I was, uh, so I think for me, um, I didn't look back mm-hmm. when I came. So I, I came to New York and I was ready to be a New Yorker. I really wanted to be a New Yorker. I re- I wanted, I kind of studied New Yorkers. I wanted to, you know, I photographed New Yorkers and I, and so, uh, so for me looking back, it took me, I think 20 years of living Mm -hmm. in New York Mm -hmm. for me to be prepared to look back. And the Guggenheim, when I received the Guggenheim, I was, I was, you know, blown away by that experience. And, and, um, I, I didn't see myself even as someone who would apply to the Guggenheim, uh, much less someone who would actually receive a Guggenheim. So mm-hmm. that was, um, there was like a lot of like, you know, rechecking of, you know, ego and things <laughs> right, in there. Right. And because um, that does, I, I can talk a little bit about the Guggenheim processes. It is like a, you know, it's a, it'll, it can kind of mess you up as much as it uh-huh. is good uh-huh. for you. And, mm-hmm. and um, so, um, but at any rate, so when I got it, um, you know, that you have to, part of the uh, application process for the Guggenheim is to, um, to to do a proposal, you have to propose something to do. And my proposal was based on um, I talked a lot about my father in my uh, um, in my bio. Mm-hmm. It's like a narrative bio, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I, I talked a lot about my experiences with my father. And he's a band he's a band director for forty years, and and you know marching band, and mm-hmm. he played the French horn. He was a classical musician, and and um, and he was also an amateur photographer. So. 
So my father w- played a big part of that. And so my, my proposal was I wanted it to be connected to my bio. So I, I, I proposed to go back and photograph um, marching band camps of the South. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That was my proposal. Wow. And I, I was like, so, I, and I loved that. <laughs> because, yeah. and, uh, but then when I, when I actually received the Guggenheim, you know, they don't care what you do with it. Um, oh, you know, they, okay. it's your, you're on your own. And, and in fact, they encourage you, like, don't, you know, you don't have to stick to what the proposal was, uh-huh. you know. And so, so what I did was I, I went back to Nashville, which was part of it. I was going to go back to Nashville. And I did end up photographing some marching band camps. I mean, I did do that. But I, but I actually realized that what I really needed to do was kind of get to the heart of why my family was in Nashville. You know, and, and so, the, so my, what I ended up doing is doing a, is like a photographic um, investigation in a way of of my childhood, like why we were in Nashville. And, you know, because my grandfather died when I was one year old and we were, um, we had, my the family had come for his job and then he died. And so, you know, the, the family's like kind of, I, if, I feel like was a little bit misplaced. You know, right, it's like right. my family was originally from Maine. You know, my, my, my mother's fa- family, uh, you know, my, my grandfather and my grandmother were living in Bangor, Maine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they moved, you know, and I have this photograph that I uh, should have brought, actually, but I can send you a JPEG of, the, um, of my mother the day she left on Thanksgiving Day in 1949. Oh, wow. And they had told her like a week before that she was going to be going, like moving a whole new life. Like, don't do this to your kids, by the way, because it really messes people up. Yeah. yeah. It really messes up my oh, mom. Oh, were you? Yeah. Um, oh, I wasn't. It was 1949, so I wasn't born. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, but my mom was... Um, Sorry for that bad math. <laughs> 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 oh, I was 20. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I'm actually, yeah, I'm really, so I'm, I'm taking it really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mom was 10, but I was 20. Yeah. No, anyway. Okay. So, um... No, anyway, so so but they so they got in the car right after Thanksgiving and and drove to Nashville and anyway so the the that's a long story behind you know that you know so I I decided like when I got to Guggenheim you know there's people that you know when they get to Guggenheim they travel the world you know investigating drumming or mm-hmm. something you know like they they do some you know, you do have these sort of like it hits this nerve of grandiosity, you know, mm-hmm. like you want, you got a Guggenheim, you know, like right. oh, I got, this is going to be big, but you know, it's only a year and it's only, it's only a finite amount of money. Right. And, and honestly, you know, it's, it's a big grant, but it's honest, it is finite, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you do run out of money. And, and mm-hmm. so like you, you kind of like you start big and it, and it gets smaller. And, and so what, I, for me, the most difficult thing to photograph on earth was Nashville, wow. mm-hmm. and wow. that's why wow. I chose it. Wow! Yeah. So, with, yeah. with only only with the behest of the Guggenheim yeah. Foundation, could I have gone back to my hometown? Wow. So like. that was so, that, so something I'm always struck about. And again, I read this in one of the interviews is that you always you always interact with the people in your photographs. The yep. the portraits, it's you know I would say you're an environmental portraitist, and you're you're always interacting with people. And so I think people listening, and I know I'm definitely. How does that come about because your photos look very natural i mean it doesn't you look like there's caught moments there's what how much of this are you orchestrating or is it kind of like you're inner you you tell them i'm gonna take a picture you kind of just be natural what's the process behind that if i may just say Mm -hmm. that's a greg thing (laughs) (laughs) people listening to greg is Mm -hmm. a very greg thing i mean Mm -hmm. i feel like the whole reason why like we're sitting here and the reason why i we've talked forever ever since we've like 
started our long, you know, aimless chats. Uh-huh. Uh, Greg has a way where he talks to somebody and they listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just had a very long monologue and it was very easy to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So he's, absolutely. An also, he's also an excellent instructor and uh-huh. he's, he's superior with critiques. Uh-huh. So you go uh-huh. to him with your work and, you know, you're like blown away because he just really spends the time staring and, you know, he has... So that's a Greg thing. Wow. Now Greg can tell you <laughs> what he well, thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, but we do want to come back to how we met. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, because yeah, I, yeah. we can definitely because okay, that's like kind of sure. you know it's it's kind of awesome. Yeah. And um, so uh, I don't know what's coming actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, right. She has no recollection of that. <laughs> but, I, but I remember. No, it well. I have it my awesome. own story. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, my yeah, own yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Um, okay. So the interaction. So you know when I when I first started, I started shooting with an eight by ten camera. You know, after after photographing for a while, like I had been already shooting professionally, and I was, um, I started early on. Like most people, I started with a with a Nikon F two, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I loved that camera, and it was like my first camera. It was sort of a gift mm-hmm. from a photographer in Nashville, and um, uh, it was like a also like one of my early mentors, mm-hmm. and he. Um, so anyway, so I, I started with thirty five millimeter. I started, and I that morphed into a Leica. And so I shot a lot with a Leica, but I was like, I'm, I really was, you know, my early influences were Gary Winogrand and Bruce Davidson. Or Bruce Davidson was my first early influence, and then Gary Winogrand, and then um, and then Ouija, which was the, I felt like a combination of the two. Like for me, Ouija was this like kind of a Rosetta Stone between, but also Bruce Davidson's um, East Hundredth Street work is mm-hmm. is where a, a person who shoots 35 made made those pictures large format. So mm-hmm. they you know, and so, so to me, I was moved by this large format work. And then I, in college, I was um, uh, my I had a professor, uh, Lois Connor, who was a big influence on my work. She was a mentor of mine, and uh, she's still you know a, a close friend. And and so, so all of this, so l- large format had this appeal to me. But I I really loved the moment. Like I was Cardi Brisson too was in there, and mm-hmm. so like all of that, like kind of caught moment stuff I loved and I didn't want to lose that mm-hmm. when I started shooting with the 8x10 camera. Right, you know, right, right, when I first started shooting with an 8x10 camera, I think like anyone, it was like a, you know, you frame the person, they're centered, mm-hmm. they're staring right in the camera. Mm-hmm. It's like Ashwin, Ash Wednesday. Yeah, so Ash Wednesday goes back to a time when yeah. I was starting out and mm-hmm. then I, and I've kept going. Uh-huh. So uh, Ash Wednesday, the other element of Ash Wednesday, yeah. thank you yeah, for mm-hmm. saying that, is that like, it, it's like I return to this mm-hmm. kind of a, Classical, a, a yeah. time, yeah, yeah. so and and so then I think, um, but I quickly got bored with that. And so I wanted to, um, and I wanted to, um, uh, could you edit this? By, yeah, <laughs> or is this yeah. just we let it fly? Let's let it fly. Okay. Nope. Yeah, baby. Anyway, so. Um, so the, this is part one. So early on, yeah. So when I. Um, just because I'm losing my train of thought, yeah. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna come back. It's gonna be brilliant. You're talking about mentors. It's gonna be, it's gonna come back. Oh, no, 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 no. And it's going to be brilliant. <laughs> no, the cop. No, the cop. is right about that. Yeah. No, no, the cop moment. No, you're talking about the yeah. cop moment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, the first thing that left, you know, when I when I when I was shooting eight by ten, the first thing I noticed leaving was my was these kind of cop moments, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to figure out a way to come back to that. So it was a, my good fortune that I I got an assignment from New York Magazine to do a feature photograph every week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this is like, a, so this is my Gotham series, if you see that. Yeah, so yeah, Gotham, sure. it gets its name from 
the the section of the magazine was called Gotham, and that's why I've I've taken that name because they're not you know they're not Batman <laughs> right. or anything. But anyway, so I had it forced me to to take pictures every week. Um, they had originally asked me to photograph with a small camera. They just they had I mean of course why would they dream of somebody making pictures that looked like they were taken with a Leica with an eight by ten camera? You know what I mean? No one would assign that. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, I had to make the leap of faith. Of like after turning in 35 millimeter pictures to then turn in an eight by ten photograph, but then for them not to really notice, you know. Oh, and so, so yeah, I I just started. So I, I went and so this required me because with an eight by ten camera, obviously you have to talk to everybody. I mean, there's no taking a picture with an eight by ten camera without people knowing, <laughs> right, it, right. you know. <laughs> so so I had to, and it, and one of the things that appealed to me about um, about the eight by ten camera was that I. Um, it forced me to talk to people, you know, and and that was that is a great fear of mine. You no, know? mm -hmm. so like you may not know this from looking at my work, but I'm terrified of talking to people. So I I take this, you know, I I teach this in my classes that, mm -hmm. that you know that your fear of people doesn't go away, and it's just your relationship to the fear is what changes. Mm -hmm. And so that is um, so that's a really important. That's a kind of that's an like important epiphany for me that you know. I was like, you know, this fear of people is never going to go away. Like I would, you know, like you, like yesterday, I, you know, I photograph 11 people mm -hmm. and like I have these beautiful relationships like start, from start to finish for 11 people, you know, where they were like, you know, shaking each other's hands, like goodbye, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then I turn around to make another photograph and I have to start again. Mm -hmm. So photographing on the street is the hardest thing you could do. Mm -hmm. And so in, in a way, like when you're frustrated with street photography, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, rightfully so. You know what I mean? Like, I think partly, you know, when I'm like, this is exhausting, I'm like, well, what do you look at what you're doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah you know, yeah. like you're going up to complete strangers, you know, and, and you're kind of making them into friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And and this is, uh, and honestly, I, I don't keep in touch with the people I photograph. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I really do meet them and we say goodbye and that's kind of the end of it. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, but at any rate, so getting back to the, um, the look of, of the my pictures in eight by ten is that in this year in 1997 I for the whole year I did this weekly photograph for New York Magazine where it had to be good and you know and they were like you know I remember one week I had to turn in three they were they asked for three to five good pictures in other words not three to five of the same thing like mm -hmm. independently different pictures and so there was no like me hanging out with a family for like a month or anything you know what I mean like mm -hmm, it had mm -hmm. to be different I was mm -hmm. like a street photographer but mm -hmm. with an eight by ten camera and I was. And it was just like for me, that was like this education of uh, of how to photograph with the camera. How and long did Gotham last? Like you did this for it a long time. It lasted for about a year. Yeah. That's, oh wow. Can you imagine? That's I an mean, amazing. It was about a year like, from like uh, before '96, like early, uh, like the end of '96 mm -hmm. to the end of '97. And I think the photo editors, they, they it got killed. Actually, the magazine, mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. section, got killed. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember I'll go down the food emporium and I would look, like look through it. I would like. And they would, you know, whatever, like if they ran the picture that I wanted them to run or if they didn't run the picture I wanted them to run, I'd be like, what is it? it was standing in Food Emporium like, what? And then it stopped running and I was like, oh, it must have, um, you know, I didn't know. Like I was like, oh, I guess they, they, they didn't have space or something, whatever. And so, and I didn't, it was like, and don't ask, don't after tell. A year, after a year, it like just stopped coming. Well, they, so the, the editor-in-chief killed it in that section and then I, I ended up, um, it kept going. Mm -hmm. Like I, I kept going out and shooting mm -hmm. for like a few weeks, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and then finally I was like, um, <laughs> so what's going on? You know? And they were like, well, it got killed, and yeah. 
you know, it was, I think they were like a little bit reluctant to tell me because oh, I knew wow. it was like such a big oh, part of my no. life, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were kind of like, you know, just, you know, milk it for <laughs> just yeah, a little right. longer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway, so, so anyway, so that's Gotham and, and um, it really pivotal time in oh, my life. So the, the look of my are. work now is, is it absolutely related to ni- that like you know, wow. what is that? Twenty years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, so obviously, yeah. teaching is a part of the repertoire for you mm-hmm. too. And you mm-hmm. mentioned your mentors, and we have Monch here as well too. So, what I know you're doing. So, you do your your fine art projects, and you have your, you do your editorial work. But then the teaching is an integral part of it as well too. When did you start teaching, and how does that kind of wrap mm. into your whole I don't know photographic life? I guess because you know something that comes up often. And, if we all talk about contemporary photography or whatever, it's like people, photographers that are doing multiple things. You know, you're teaching, you're doing mm-hmm. art, you're yeah, doing yeah. editorial, you're doing a podcast, you're doing <laughs> these, these different things. Right. And it's all, we actually read a quote last week from Aaron Schumann. He said something along the lines of that, like the people that he respects most in photography are the ones that are kind of like doing these multiple things where it's whether, you know, education or looking back at the history or engaging with with photography at a deeper level yeah. than, than just making the photographs. Right. So for you, it seems like teaching is a huge yeah, part of is, this process. Is. So kind yeah. of maybe you want to talk about how you and Monge met and like how the how teaching kind of incorporates into your photographic life. Yeah, let's tell the story about how we met. Yeah. Um, so, um, but, you know, we met because... Um, Tom Neal. Yeah, Tom Neal. Shout out to Tom. <laughs> That's right. Baby. Tom Neal. <laughs> yeah. So we... So uh, Tom was my assistant. I had a, it was a job for Esquire magazine, and the the job was to photograph a cardboard cutout all over all over the city. <laughs> it was and, a really uh, funny. It was job. fun job. So um, so we were so we didn't know so because we were moving around, like we realized that we needed another hand, and mm-hmm. and uh, so I said, Tom, do you know anybody that we could just call? And uh, he called a couple of people, and then and then Mons was you were available and were you in the city? I don't I know. The, I or I told you to go. You were yeah, like we called in the middle of the day. So it yeah. was like wherever you were, like yeah. you were like, okay, I can do it. And so yeah. so we were in a van uh, in a van and I said I said, well, okay, well where is she now? And you were on like Columbus Circle mm-hmm. or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And so No, it was literally like that. Like I, I was I mean I was in my assisting days, uh-huh. and I Tom didn't. I did not know who Greg Miller was. Uh-huh. Shamefully, then Tom sent me a link, and That's he's like, not so, <laughs> "No, no, yeah. I mean, I, it makes I total sense. Can't believe now. I don't know when I've like. I don't know the day when I haven't known Greg. But uh-huh. and I can't imagine day. a time that I didn't know Mondry. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, seriously. So he, so he, uh, so he sends me this link, and he's like. Oh. And Tom, by the way, gushed about you, and he said like he loved. He was like, oh, he's like, so we need a, this is gonna be really fun, Munch. But are you available right now? I'm like, well, I'm at Columbus Circle. He's like, we can come pick you up right now. I was like, okay, you know. <laughs> and right now became like you're standing there for like an hour. Or yeah, something, I was like, like what? Two hours. Are you guys coming? Because the shoot. <laughs> what's funny is that you, like Tom kept getting calls, and yeah. he, he would like lean into the door, like, oh, like, we'll, we'll, so be, there we'll, we'll, be, there. <laughs> we'll like, be there in a second. We'll be there in a second, like just. You know, I was like, well, I was like, well, what is? She? I was like, she's gonna get paid anyway. Like, what does she care if she's staying on the street? Like, yeah. It was like, it was like, yeah. was like, hurry up. You know, I mean, and I was I'm, like, who I'm, is this? Otherwise, I'm a really patient person. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. No, but it was so great. And then we, and then we met, and the rest is history. But it was like, you know, such a, you know, anyway. So yeah, a, that's your version. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, yeah, go. Okay, so, so this happened. is my yeah, version. What happened? After so, that? so I was like on ASMB New York's board at that time, mm-hmm. and the, and literally mm-hmm. the day before we were talking about having. Um, 
you know, digital archival, mm-hmm. like, oh, like Lightroom, you know, Lightroom was, I think, like, starting to get, catch up more and more. Right, and more. right. So we were talking about planning a thing on Lightroom, and we were talking about, like, archiving, and I just really remember the stark contrast because the next day after I met Greg and we did this funny, like, cardboard cutout in the gym, cardboard cutout at Subway, like, it was a really funny shoot. Mm-hmm. I went back to his studio, which was like, this really cool spot in Dumbo, and I went in and it was like a whole different kind of archive because I was looking at file, like a filing wow. system of eight by 10 sheets, you know, oh, and it was like wow. super, <laughs> I mean, I was like, whew, yeah. another way of archiving, oh, you know, wow. and, it, and it was, I mean, and of course, like tons and tons and tons of, you know, eight by 10, um, you know, tons of paraphernalia, mm-hmm. that, which was not a part of my daily life during that time. Mm-hmm. And he was the first eight by 10 photographer I was assisting. So oh, it was... Wow. I mean, I would say like the the most I'd gotten my hands on up until then was four or five. And then that night he was like, um, so, you know, Tom was done. He had had a very long day and he was like, so, uh, so, you know, I have to keep going. Do you want to load these bags? And I was like, well, is it the same principle? Like a four or five? And he's like, pretty much. And he's like, well, here, come on here. And I went into a dark room, which I had again not done for a while. Mm. And then he, he was like, so, you know, the light was on. We had like a sample sheet. And he's like, so the same way. I was like, it's the same way. He's like, it's the same right. way. And that night was the first night that I loaded a bunch of eight by 10 bags. And so oh, I wow. they clearly remember. And then we went on to work for a year after that. Uh-huh. But, and then I've loaded those bags on the back of a tractor. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, we, so we've had, we've had we love some, oh, wow. yeah, we yeah like, like, there was like a little like laundry, uh, laundry mats, uh, laundry diners, mats, diners, um, so like so, so much fun. But, uh, so that was like, anyway, that's my story. So that was, nice. you, uh, you ended up assisting for a year Yeah, for the full year. And mm-hmm. had you been shooting? Yeah, just, I was just shooting large oh, form, the showers were developing. Showers are, okay. In yeah. fact, in fact, it, okay. uh, Greg had a, had an instrumental critique during the, in mid shower time. Like I was like. So we've been shooting this project, and you know, I came so like good. sure I remember mm-hmm. shit went and showed it to him, like oh I mean amazing I will always remember Greg's critique mm-hmm. because he was like, you know you just have to accept Manj I know I see your artist statement but he, you just have to accept that there is a very sexual thing going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. I just remember him like saying that right true but I mean it was it was just I mean he would say some very like obvious things but it was they were things that were like okay I need to accept understand and it did yeah. like help me connect like oh I didn't I didn't grow up I grew up in a very tame culture you know mm-hmm. and so I, I connected a lot of things from that critique because mm-hmm. he was like do you see what's really going on like he, he does that a lot like even like same thing during my I think we had just I was now shooting more and more and then I remember with Darshan too mm-hmm. we were in a diner and I showed him the first image of Darshan and he was one of the first few people oh I showed God, on, so on an iPhone right. so it was like Very the scene in uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, where they open the suitcase. <laughs> and like, Hello. Oh, you know, yeah, she yeah. was like, I have this thing I'm working on. And she's like, opens it up. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but really honest responses mm-hmm. always. You know, I also know mm-hmm. that when I was working on something that he didn't really think was good, mm-hmm. it's very Im- immediate. And, you know, he's very, tries to be very, like, you know, careful about how he words it. But you know when Greg feels it, then you know when he doesn't. And so, so he's <laughs> honest about it. I think that was, what it's interesting, I think you just said there, is that, like, you're saying, is this what you do? You really see what you're hearing here, and it yeah. kind of like triggers into me. Is like, do you think that you? I don't want to just say young photographers, photographers of all stripes. Sometimes yeah. they don't even know really the pictures that they're taking mm-hmm. because maybe they're so close to them, or there's there's some yeah. barrier to them not oh, yeah. being able to see what's there. And that's and a natural just, part of the yeah, process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not in, if you're not connected to it, then you know, then it's 
I mean, that's, you're going to have to do that, but you're going to have blind spots. And yeah. I think that that's yeah. where teachers come in. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's good. And our friends come in. I mean, we, you know, like if you don't have teachers, you know, show them to your friends. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. just the process, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but like you could be all day with a box of prints and then you like, you're like, well, can you take a look at this? And just the process of somebody flipping through your pictures without saying a word. Yeah. Yeah. Like you so witnessing powerful. somebody else seeing it changes uh-huh. it for uh-huh. you. Oh, you know? yeah. And absolutely. even if they don't say anything, like it's wild. Yeah. So so imagine they say something and imagine that they have uh-huh. some like, you know, uh, uh, relevant critique, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so the teaching thing, you know, for me is, is a big part of my life. And and um, I, uh, my father was a teacher, right? So mm-hmm. for 40 years. So, I mean, uh, you know, like, again, I think it's like an influence um, from my dad and, and, and the, um, so... Uh, Allison Morley, who is the chair of the uh, photojournalism department at the at ICP, asked me. Like IC, ICP asked her to build a program back in the late '90s uh, at ICP, and it was when the ICP was at the um, the uh, mansion up on the Upper East mm-hmm. Side. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, I came. I said, "Oh, you know, I could do that." And and, and I remember at the time, um, I had this. I, I liked the idea of teaching, and um, and I enjoyed it. I mean, my early classes were, uh, you know, like I didn't know what I was doing, but I, you know, like we somehow I was able to get something across to people that was useful. But but then later, like after about around the time that I got to Guggenheim and afterwards, I kind of hit my like teaching nirvana. I feel like you mm-hmm. know, I feel like I'm I can sense. I'm I'm over, or at least I'm very very acquainted with the the sense of being up in front of people, and um, and and I also, um, I kind of have a sense, like a good sense, because I've taught there for you know so many years and had exactly that age, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of like you know often you know the people that are in the full time. Uh, the full-time um, program at ICP have already been through college, and so they're in this period after college um, where they're they just want to be photographers. Mm-hmm. So they kind of want to get serious about their work in this way that's like really, you know, just um, I, I can really relate to that. Yeah. You know, I, I really love that, and so like, and so I, I kind of feel them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of I'm, I'm like I, I I see where you're coming. And so, like, when I'm standing there, I'm like, let's give you what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. let's do this. Yeah. And, and I think, and that is often not, you know, not necessarily something I have mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. hand them, mm-hmm. but it's something I can, like, give them a sense of, of it in themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that is something, you know, to me, you know, that's what I love about teaching. Yeah, I mean, and, I call yeah. it, you call it, you know the, like, I don't want to say, like, the pure blood photographer. Like, you know when it's just in their guts yeah. or in mm-hmm. their soul, you can see, like, this is a person that's going to be making pictures. Mm-hmm. Just no matter what, they're going to be making photographs. Well, that's true, but you have a. But I actually, I get classes of like twelve people, uh-huh. and there may not be, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh-huh. I, and twelve people. You know, when I when I was in college, so I had I, I had professor like one of my professors was Tom Roma, mm. and he would like I don't know if you know anything about Tom Roma, oh, yeah. but Tom yeah. Roma is you know he has a reputation <laughs> for uh, you know his teaching style and uh, and and you know and he would say. Well, you're not going to be a photographer, you know. Like, Tom, you know, Tom would like, you know, wow. zing somebody, you know, in class, yeah, and you just yeah. like, you know, uh, and you know, all sorts of ways of of like bringing somebody down a notch. Or more two. of that is you needed, know. don't you think? Sometimes, like, more of that because you feel like you wrap up so much emotion into everything mm-hmm. you do, and you. I mean, it's hard to hear some of that stuff, but it's like if you really want to get real, then mm-hmm. you have to. Allow someone to get real with you. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Well, I think that real, I think real is what we crave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We crave real and we're like, I want the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and actually, I don't I don't think it's fair. I mean, I do, I, 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 I've spoken at, at, different, uh, at different schools and, um, and I do see some programs that are uh, like, it's almost fraudulent mm-hmm. the way they, 
the way I feel like they're they're kind of giving people a, uh, like a false sense of I don't know how to say. I mean, it's just you know, I, 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 it doesn't ring true to me. They're right. not prepared. Right. They're not yeah. prepared when they leave that school. And if you're going to tell them they're going to be prepared, mm-hmm. that's fraudulent. There's a lot of schools. I mean, that if you, do that, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, so now, the thing about so the thing about the truth bomb with Tom is that you know when I was his student, like I, we all lived in terror of <laughs> class, and. Um, and I remember one of the students, one of, a friend of mine, she used to say, you know, I always have a bowel movement right in the middle of class. <laughs> and I, she's like, I don't know why yeah. I get a bowel movement right in the middle of Tom's <laughs> class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wow, you know, I, I hadn't oh, thought of that. She's really going to thank wow. you when she hears this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mentioning her. <laughs> but, you know, but that's, I, mean, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Anyway, Good so. Metaphor, at least. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, but no, so I think we do crave that kind of honesty, and uh, but it can be uh, miss like you don't like if you're going to level a truth bomb on somebody, you really want to make sure it's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because yeah. you can kill somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in the men, you know, it can emasculate them. Right. You know, right. and you you kind of want it like and and in women it can. You know, I mean, just in everybody, it's sort of like you want to. What do we do? What does it do in women again? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it it just kills you. It kills your inspiration. It kills, like, like just the subtlest little thing. Like, somebody could say to you, you know, oh, well, you're not, you're obviously not a photojournalist. And that could be sold in the middle of a sentence. And you could carry that with you for like, See I've heard people. how much like more serious it is for women? You're just emasculated. I'm dead. dead. I wasn't saying you're not a photojournalist. <laughs> I'm using it as an example. You understand? You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Keep going. Keep going. But these are subtle things. I mean, somebody said to me like a long time ago, the reason I, somebody said to me, I'm not a photojournalist. And I like carried it with me. And I realized like after 30 years, I was like, you know, I've been carrying this. It's like an antique I'm carrying around. Yeah. yeah. Like these little, so imagine like anybody who might be listening to this, imagine like go back to these critiques and like, what are you holding on to? Yeah. Like, what are you still retaining from a critique that was like, seriously, some adjunct pr- teacher mm-hmm. that's like was making it up as they go along yeah. and they're doing the best they can you yeah. know but it, that may not be relevant to you yeah, anymore yeah. Right, right. Yeah, like at retain. what point do you drop it yeah and you start listening to your own voice yeah you know and that yeah. like at some some point you have to shed it all mm-hmm. and uh so for me you know i i actually like um so my my teaching approach is is a little more um i want them to not need my class mm-hmm. after the class. Mm-hmm. I, I want them to not need me after the class. Mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with them saying, you know, oh, it was some guy. I, I remember I had this class with some guy, <laughs> and I remember, you know, but I like I, now I do it for like, forever and always. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I want them to own it, mm-hmm. and I'm whew, I disappear. Mm-hmm. Like the moment, like I'm like, you know, maybe try shooting four by five mm-hmm. in, you know, up you know, uptown, like try doing that, like take it into the tunnel and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like give, give them some thing and they, they end up doing it and then it's theirs. Yeah, They're absolutely. the one that made the picture, not me. They're yeah. not going to like, it's not going to be the title of their book. Like Greg Miller told me to do this. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like right. they own it. Uh-huh. And so that's what teaching is about. You awesome. step out, you know, and I mean, I could, and week after week, I could like jump up and down and like tell them to do it. But the moment they take it on, I can also tell you I've yeah. known a lot of Greg Miller students who, like, he, well, you know, they retain things mm-hmm. he says, mm-hmm. you know, and he and he does. Like, I feel like he takes his job really seriously, like super seriously. It's not like, 
you know, he's teaching them how to, he can also, it's like technically he's teaching them how to use their 8x10. Right, right, right. But it right. goes a lot beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I feel like generally there's a lot of layers to even his work. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing that earlier that you were saying, you know, he's uh, his work rides a very fine line where I feel like very few photographers can actually achieve that, where he's, his work, he's an ex extremely successful editorial photographer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he's, his work has also tremendous fine art appeal. Mm, so he really yeah. does that, I feel, superiorly yeah. well, and very few people do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Awesome. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back and talk about some books, and I'm sure all of this will kind of come yeah, yeah. back together. So we'll be back Leave in through. a moment. Great. Stocked up on coffee, tea, and books, <laughs> and Fuji Instax film. These books are delicious. <laughs> These books are delicious. They are, they are delicious. They in are, yeah. Intellectually delicious, visually delicious. Um, and the book book we just grabbed now as we were kind of conversing about is um, Lois Connor, Beijing Contemporary Imperial. And you were just saying Lois is... A mentor of mine. Mentor yours. Mm -hmm. So, in the truest sense of the word, uh, you know, because uh, she was a she was my uh, teacher in uh, school of visual arts mm -hmm. um, back uh, in the late eighties, and um, uh, and she was one of the first people that taught me in New York. You know, and uh, she had a huge influence on me, and um, and just very honest, and uh, um, and so she was. Uh, so she's a her, she's a American born photographer. Mm -hmm. She's um, She's from Pennsylvania, and um, at about the time that I met her, uh, she like in 1984, she began uh, making these regular trips to China, and um, she was influenced by. She actually um, she took this um, she took a, uh, a art hi uh, a history like a um, history of Chinese art class, mm -hmm. and she was so intimidated by this class because you know they were speaking Chinese mm -hmm. in the class. You know, and she didn't. You know, she she was like, maybe I should drop this class. Mm -hmm. And she ended up. The teacher said, you know, just stick it out because you know I think it'll be good for you. Mm -hmm. We don't have any other photographers in this class, and mm -hmm. and so uh, and this is at uh, this is at Yale. So mm -hmm. she so she stayed in the class, and and as it turns out. The, the influence of that of the Chinese art, the scrolls, had mm -hmm. an influence oh, on her so cool. camera selection of um, shooting with a seven by seventeen inch camera, which is it's called a banquet camera. So it's um, so it's a long, skinny format, and it was used in the old days to photograph like a banquet, like a like a bunch of people sitting at a long table. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, among other reasons, I mean, there was you know, but there were there used to be. It's hard for us to imagine now, but there used to be all sorts of sizes of cameras, mm -hmm. like, can't, because cameras. Um, because photographs couldn't be enlarged, if they wanted a s picture of a certain size, you would build the camera to make a negative that size. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so um, anyway, um, so so the um, so anyway, so Lois has gone back every every year, pretty much. Uh, I think you know for it's like thirty years, <laughs> and and so. Talk about long. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing, right? Nice. And so, and she, Incredible. and she now, you know, she speaks Chinese now, and uh, ah, and so she's, cool. uh, yeah, you know, wherever we go out for Chinese food, she orders. <laughs> and um, um, but anyway, yeah. So, so her work is really beautiful, and this book is about uh, Beijing and um, and the um, 
Uh, actually, hold on, let me look at the cover real quick. Um, Contemporary and Imperial. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but the, uh, the, the introduction is also um, is by uh, her friend, uh, Jeremy Ramey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bear, right? Bear me. Bear me, sorry, mm-hmm. Bear me, sorry. Anyway, but, um, so, um, so yeah, so I mean, she's really, so, that, but what I love about her, her work, because, you know, there's, in this particular, in these pictures of Be- Beijing, you know, there's not a lot of people in the photographs, mm-hmm. but she really has a way of, of finding, you know, the, the it's like she'll, hu- find the hum- humanity in the mm-hmm. landscape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So oh, whether absolutely. she's inside, whether she's in, you know, she'll photograph also in, in, in the interior of an office mm-hmm. or she photographs, mm-hmm. you know, so even if it's ancient, mm-hmm. you know, she'll, she'll, she's able to find like the human uh, interaction. And, mm-hmm. um, but even if they're lotus, she has photographs of um, these beautiful photographs of lotus, mm-hmm. the lotus flowers and the lotus uh, leaves in the water. And, um, and they uh, even those take on like they they they, they begin to have this like human quality and yeah. uh, so so Lois has been a big a big influence and you know the 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 thing that um, the lasting effect of knowing Lois over the years has mm-hmm. been how to live my life as an artist mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. like the yeah. most amazing thing that you know I mean you know it's beautiful to look at her work and you know I I love her work but the, honestly knowing Lois as as has in a way authorized me to to be a photographer, mm-hmm. to be, to live my life as an artist. And also she's affected me as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, so I teach the way Lois teaches. So how do you, how yeah. do you live your life as an artist? How did, what? So you live, I'm glad you yeah, asked, yeah. Brian. Um, I, you know, uh, you live I your life. I definitely want to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're probably doing it. Yeah. yeah. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, See, so, so here's the thing yeah. is that you, so you, you wake up every day mm-hmm. and you, and you you know you're a photographer, mm-hmm. so that is a daily exercise of making pictures. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, you may not shoot every day, mm-hmm. but if you you're, you're in some way exercising your your photographic self, and it and it and it and that is, um, and that's how Lois does it. Mm-hmm. Now, I would mm-hmm. go over to Lois's house, and she'd be print. She's always she's always printing. Mm-hmm. She's always she's either scanning or she's shooting. And mm-hmm. you know, and they. Um, Lois and I'm also going to talk about Andrew Modica, but knowing them is is they're always on their way to photographing. They're always on. They're always there is a lot of shooting, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so that's um, so to me that I, I think I felt guilty mm-hmm. about you know early on I felt guilty about taking the time to shoot. Right, I know that right, may sound right, crazy, right. but like you know if you like to stop like to not you know you, there's pressures to make money mm-hmm. and if you have a family there's pressures to be with your family mm-hmm. and there's all these pressures I mean right man so mm-hmm. like you know like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I think that that's um so you have to kind of balance this life you know being life of mm-hmm. being a photographer with this life of being all the other things you Yeah design. absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. and so that but I think that for me, it gave me uh, the ability to say, you know, mm-hmm. this is what you are. This mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. you are totally authorized to walk out on the street and make pictures. Like, yeah. that is yeah. your job. That's so great. Like, you know, to see right? someone, you've seen someone, you've seen your mentor give themselves that license their whole life over and over and over again. And, like, it's so inspiring to see that. And so, you know, it's like, in a weird way, she's like, she's justifying what you're doing. You're justifying what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, we're Mm all, we all need to see each other doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And um, um, so if you take, like, if you think about the work of August Sonder, Mm -hmm. 
August Sonder was a, a German photographer, mm-hmm. and um, and he, uh, you know, he, he did this like uh, lifelong uh, body of work, um, the people of the 20th century, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, committed his his life to that um, passionately, and then. He influenced uh, Lizette Modell, mm-hmm. and then Lizette Modell was mm-hmm. a teacher of uh, Dion Arbus. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's this, you know, there's the chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tradition. There's a direct yeah. correlation yeah. between all all three of those photographers, and and um and so that you know, so that's what's you Ken, know happening. Ken yeah. Schles also mentioned her. Uh, Lizette Modell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So the next book we have here is called the Hampton Album, and this was this was. A, I'd never seen this before. I didn't even, I didn't even heard the photographer. Mm-hmm. And the photographer Benjamin is... Fran- uh, Francis Benjamin Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, why did you bring this book? Yeah, I know we were talking about it a little bit before when we were off the record, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, now yeah. we're on. <laughs> so. Well, so this is... Uh, this. These are photographs of the Hampton School, where mm-hmm. so she was documenting documenting a school that was um, it was part of the uh, Reconstruction after the Civil War. So this was a school that was meant to instruct, mm-hmm. uh, educate, and um, uh, educate um, uh, na- uh, Native Americans and uh, African Americans and uh, in former slaves. And mm-hmm. and so we we had uh, you know the country had just been through uh, a civil war. And um, and so we you know we had destroyed large parts of the South mm-hmm. and we had uh, you know and we were trying to empower um, uh, you know a segment of the population that was you know uh, had no rights you know no and and she herself was a suffragette you know mm-hmm. she couldn't mm-hmm. vote and she fought for the rights of women to vote and um, and she had a long prolific sixty year career and was um, she was um, she was born into uh, she was the only surviving uh, child. Uh, of the of a um, an influential um, family, so mm-hmm, she was mm-hmm. she was wealthy, uh, which is often the case with early f- female photographers. Mm-hmm, but she was mm-hmm. the earliest; she's actually the the earliest um, photojournalist, like pho- mm. uh, female photojournalist, and if not the the earliest photojournalist period, you know, mm-hmm, because she was mm-hmm. she was she was. Um, uh, like to do what she did at that time is amazing, and mm. there's a lot of photographs online. If you look, like she was awesome. She mm-hmm. she wore a hoop skirt, mm-hmm. like with a with you know she's out there with an eight by ten camera with a hoop skirt, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean really brilliant. And mm-hmm. um, so, um, but what I like about this book, you know, is that when I first when I discovered it, I realized there's these ta- t- kind of tableaus of um, like where people are working, like mm-hmm. where she's trying to illustrate like a trade, right? Mm-hmm. So carpentry, and so the men are like kind of holding this position, and I, you know, I can imagine her being this drill sergeant yeah, of yeah. like shooting with a camera like mine yeah. and mm-hmm. trying to make it look like it's real, like they're really uh-huh. doing, it, like really sawing, and you mm-hmm. can, you know, and so they're holding it. So I, I love, you know, looking through them. I get inspired to, um, that, uh, you know, to to kind of tell a story, you know, mm-hmm. and and so, yeah. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, this is, and I like, like I said, we were talking about like, a couple of the books you have here that really have that worn feel to it, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, like, definitely. It's I, not, yeah. you know, we're in the age of the precious photo book, but this is, to me, this is just like precious for a completely different reason, yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? That it has, it feels like it has a history. Where did you pick this up? You just picked it, got it? Oh, that's it. a good question. Um, I think I found it uh, at a bookstore. I'm not sure. Uh, where would that be? Um, I shop a lot. You know, I've shopped yeah. at, uh, you know, the usual suspects. Yeah. You know? But no, that's what, again, we, we 
we've had a couple times where people bring the books and then when we go look online, it's like, oh, you can get this book for 15 bucks or $20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that like, one I think is like, I mean, I don't know what condition yeah. it's in, but I saw actually, because I was sending Mons the link, it's like five bucks. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, 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 especially these days when, you know, brand new photo books, like $70 and you can go back and find these treasures and a book like this can be just as influential as any book oh, that just oh, came out you know, oh, absolutely. last week. You know, well, so this is American history. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and I feel like there's an intimate part of American history. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hopeful. I think we, you know, during the reconstruction, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we know that, I mean, racism is, you know, very much alive mm-hmm. right now in 2016, you know, so, you know, we, this is a, like we, people wanted to reconstruct, they wanted a new world after the Civil War. They wanted it, but, you know, obviously, you know, it's been many, many years of, of, um, of, of, of this racism that comes exactly from the Civil War. I mean, mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm, before Civil mm-hmm, War, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're still struggling with it. Mm-hmm, and I think absolutely. that that's, um, you know, it's telling. But, you know, one of the things I also think about with these photographs is that they're so intentional mm-hmm. that I've thought about in my work that I want, you know, you can be a little bit too a much of a dictator. You mm-hmm, can li- be mm-hmm. a little bit too much uh, influence. Like if my fingerprint if it's only about my fingerprint, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not interesting. Mm-hmm. You need like the input of the world. Mm-hmm. Like it has to. You have to let it uh, fly. You have to let the um, the world uh, be itself. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I, I often think that the best pictures are the ones where you know I took it. I had the um, I had the wherewithal to yeah. take it. Right. Yeah. But then uh, it was actually, I was a little bit out of control. Like, I remember, mm. like, in yeah. my best pictures, I was a little bit like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, no, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. going to ruin it. No, wait, stop. Yeah. And then click. And then yeah. you're like, oh, actually, that was brilliant. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, yeah. luckily, awesome. luckily, I didn't, I didn't have a say. Luckily, well, I shut well, up. Well, that's you know? why yeah. I even <laughs> say we've, I think we've had this conversation on the show before, too, where you get to the point now where it's almost like, you or for me, I'm like I'm just trying to cultivate the accidents. Yeah, it's like somehow yeah, I'm trying. Right. I'm trying to get to that right. accident, and right. I don't yeah. know. There's no magical formula. Yeah, to it, no, but there then, isn't. Yeah, like it just yeah. is there, and it's like, oh, well, just let it happen. You know. Yeah. yeah if you want to have regular accidents, you know, mm-hmm. just start shooting large format. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it does. Yeah. It does wonders for like you know, uh, you know, cro- crooked things and yeah. people walking in and out of focus and, you know, like, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I remember this because also um, in tune with what he's saying right now, I remember one of my earlier critiques with Greg and he was like, you know what, you know, Munch, you know, the viewer is not so stupid, you know. You know, I, I remember like, I was like, what is he talking about right now? And he's like, but he was like, you know, back up a little bit. Like, just give it some room, you know. We don't have to like point so hard at what we're pointing at. Mm. And it was a very, uh, it was a very, I think, and I actually think that we've covered this part in in our original uh, podcast. Yeah, so I've yeah, like yeah. Ma- I've shared this about uh, Greg in that podca- uh, no, podcast. Right. Uh, and that. and so he, I remember him saying that, and he, I think like it, it started to make me think of room mm. in a very different way, or like negative space mm. in a very different way. And, and just, yeah, it's, to me, it's almost the opposite. I think yeah. I've always been. Very back, back, very yeah. back. Very like I'm a back. back kind of like right, right, right. And it's like, well, you maybe. I, how do I get in closer? And I've tried to get in closer, and I've shot with small cameras. And it's like, I, to me, it's like it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But it could well, be in a good way. But to me, I love. There's something about even when I'm back on the street, and I'm looking like having no seeing the totality of not even what's going to be in the frame, but everything that's like yeah. outside the frame yeah. and how it fits together. You know? Well, yeah. Anmi Lee talks about how like she, she plays a game with herself mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. distance. Like, so how far back can I get? And it's mm-hmm. still not too far. Right. Yeah. So yeah. go well, back, go back, go back. Yeah. And, and like, but also, mm-hmm. and, and so what I was 
the the idea I was talking to Manj about is yeah. that this idea that like allow them to walk around in yeah. your picture, yeah, like allow the viewer to actually make their own picture within yeah. your picture, yeah, and, and, I, I yeah, think is, and know. then you're opening yourself up to the collaboration of that person with you, as mm-hmm. opposed to just like he said, your mm-hmm. thumbprint is just mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, another, another thing that Greg also does is that he's got this way of always like he'll be explaining something to you and then he'll back up and then he'll be like think about a television like I remember he said this and this is again in line with what he's saying he's like think about a television you're trying to transmit a picture on there mm-hmm. and you think you're transmitting but what people are seeing is just white noise you know, right. like, your picture isn't <laughs> yeah. clear enough you know and yeah. I, I mean it's like he, he does use a lot of these like you know um, parallel examples to explain mm-hmm. something to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. That's another thing about him. Um, moving on, next yeah. book. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll... I like how each each book kind of takes us deeper like, into like yeah, 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 a different yeah, place. Good. So the next one we have is um, Andrea Modica, mm-hmm. As We Wait. And we had two books right here. We chose this one. This is the newer book, right? So tell me a little bit about her and why you brought this book. So Andrea Modica is a is a Brooklyn uh, is from Brooklyn originally, and um, and she's uh, she's a very prolific uh, photographer as well. She's mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a big fan of her work. Um, she's um, she now lives in Philadelphia, and um, and she's had um, she uh, this book is her la- latest book. It's called As You Wait, As We Wait. Excuse me, As We Wait, mm-hmm. and um, and. Um, uh, the um, w- the reason I brought it is because um, it feels like uh, if you were to take it was like a photography diary, you know. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like um, it's it's they they don't seem immediately connected to each other, but they're all connected. Mm-hmm. And there's um, and if you look, there's uh, you know um, there's photographs of. Um, uh, these uh, like um, nudes of men and mm-hmm. and um, but then also photographs so of children and we have you know like in, in really oh. this beautiful thing and, and the other thing about this book that's I think really interesting is that it was it was edited it was curated um, edited by um, Larry Fink Larry Fink yeah mm. and so that's kind of critical is that so it's something of a collaboration mm-hmm. but you know but I'll tell you that um, I know um, that. That actually Andrew didn't have any say in the in the edit, so wow. she gave <laughs> she gave oh Larry my gosh, that this. Is, yeah, it's really amazing, awesome, actually. Man. Yeah, so I, she gave would you Larry to do that? a bunch yeah, of do that? just would. give the edit to someone else. Totally. Well, I mean, that was sort of the point. It, yeah. But that was sort of the point of these yeah. particular books yeah. is yeah. that you know it's kind of hand the body of work is handed mm-hmm. to um, another photographer, and then um, and then and so Larry. I think nailed it, and yeah. actually his essay in the front is beautiful, mm. and um, and actually he he right before the, this book went to press, he he actually was writing the the um, uh, he was writing the essay, and then he he posted it on his Facebook, like he he kind of like was working on it on his you know he write <laughs> if you follow uh, Larry Fink he's uh, he he's often writing on there, and you don't know if he's really gonna be talking about like you know uh, moving his car in the morning or if he's you know talking mm. about. Uh, you know, Larry Fink is a prolific on Facebook. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I even knew that. Yeah. Ad yeah. friends. Ad. Nice. We're all like, oh, yeah, Greg, check it out, man. Larry Fink is about Facebook, yeah. Greg. How do you like that? You're just like bringing us. All Let's just. We're gonna take another break while yeah. everybody yeah. <laughs> follows Larry Fink. Yeah, can we just all like stop and add Professor. Him? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna dig into. There you go. So looking at this is like, yeah, they're very intimate photos. I can tell. And I think. I, there's, there's just these are somber photos. Yeah. There's there's sort yeah. of like so a, that underlying kind of like, 
you know, it almost feels like you can tell, you know, she's at a later stage in her life and maybe things are fading away a little bit. I don't know. Like, there is. I don't <laughs> well, know. But, it, but like, that's just a natural kind of thing. They are very kind of, you know, you got people kind of laying out in the middle of the woods as if they're, like, prone, you know. Or they're dead. Dead, you right. know. No, it's like, it's a is very, that, um, it is a very, I feel it's a little bit of a morbid book, you know. Mm. But in a beautiful way, not mm. in, like. Well, know. I think that, um. I think that death is is something that we all are with. You know, mm-hmm. there's something that, in other words, we we are all kind of like, uh, um, we're all kind of, we're all denying it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, and and I think that when somebody goes to the place where they they go in depth mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with death, they mm-hmm. they treat it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's when we. Um, I think it's noticeable, yeah. you know, and that's why we're like, oh shit, you know, death, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. and um, and yeah. I think that that's uh, so. Andrea is able to go to that place. Yeah. she's able to go. So she's able to go to that place mm-hmm. where she's able to make pictures about death, mm-hmm. and she's able to make pictures about um, uh, um, about a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. She's you know, there's like many. Uh, there's uh, there's no nudes of women in that book. Mm-hmm. There's only mm-hmm. nudes of men, mm-hmm. and, and like so, the men are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They're like in the ground. They're covered with leaves. They're you know like mm-hmm. so. So this is this is a place, and this is not a common place. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not what people do. You know, in books or you know in, in photography. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, so me, it's 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 uh it's refreshing. You know, to to see that, and and I think they're just deeply personal. Yeah, I mean, yeah absolutely. You know, like absolutely. in the end, like I I feel like she's um she's at the top of her game. I How mean, did you, you meet know? Andrea, Greg? Uh, I met Andrew. We were introduced by Lois okay. Connor, and nice. uh, and so we were um, early, early on. I went to, I met her at an, an opening a long time ago. Um, was our first introduction, and then we kind of became friends. But I actually assisted her mm-hmm. for a shoot. She she wanted me to help her when mm-hmm. she had it. When she had she she used to do commercial work for magazines, mm-hmm. and um, and we um, so she would take me along to f- um, help her with lighting, mm-hmm. and um, and so. Uh, so we actually bonded like you and I mm-hmm. on on jobs. It's like oh, amazing cool. bonding experience. It is, you know, to be on the road with somebody. Yeah. So I was able to. Um, she had to photograph some school. She had to do an annual report for a, a, coll- a school, and um, oh my god, we had such so a good time fun. on that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really amazing. We still actually refer to that. We call each other. She calls me. Um, they're at this school. They mm-hmm. had this in the morning. They had this thing called Chapel Talk, uh-huh. where where everybody had to gather, and one student would like. You know, write. They had written something, and they would, they would talk, and so it was like this morning ritual. Kind of like so, a podcast. We should go to chapel. <laughs> well, no, exactly. You know, like this, exactly. Yeah. And so now uh, Andrea calls me Chapel Talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she's like, Greg, we have to Chapel Talk. So she'll. So that's my. But she teaches at Maine, and so do you, right? Like you. She you do. Work. Yeah. We. So she does. She. Do, she. Uh, she. She teaches at Maine Media mm-hmm. Workshops. What? And I love this. <laughs> that she do. She do. She do. She, she do. do that. <laughs> By the way, Larry Spanker. Well, I'm learning English. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been taking classes on okay, English. And uh, they're going really well. <laughs> they go Let- really well. <laughs> I mean, is this the same? Larry Fink's writing poems. These are all like poems I'm seeing. Is this yeah, the same no, Larry he, he lets it fly. He, lets no, it's it's great. Fly. he obviously yeah. doesn't care what we think. Yeah, wow. You know, that's, uh, that's, I look I, at that, I Larry think, wow, Fink that's yeah, amazing. I woke up with the dogs arfing around in bed, Martha and South, her sister and her mom, and she all vacated to the Florida Keys. So I play music till forever and shuffle around with glee, sowing my singular oat as being as I am crazy. <laughs> right on, oh, man. Larry, man. All right. Yeah. So we're going to, I mean, that's. I wonder I mean, if Larry Fink was influenced by Ouija. Had to be, right? Oh, I wouldn't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, do I, I mean, do I always get Larry Fink and who was the other guy I get confused? 
It's Larry Fink and Larry Fink does like the Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, the, parties? The, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the parties. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like I messed him up with someone else on a previous show. Anyways, we'll we'll oh, save yeah, that for well. our listeners to call us out. <laughs> on. Uh, well, the next book we have, and hopefully everyone knows of this fella, Ouija the Famous. Mm-hmm. And this is another book that's it's. It seems like it's uh, falling apart a little bit. What was his real name or his full Arthur name? Felling. Arthur Felling. Yeah, Felling. Yeah, yeah, Felling. Right. Yeah, Felling. Yeah. 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 So this is, I mean, obviously, this is this is kind of going over his entire. Yeah, this kind of span this of runs photos. the course of. Uh, so what is it about Ouija? You said so he was Ouija, one of your early. Um, I was influenced by Ouija uh, with because he was. Um, so he photographed with a press camera, like a Crown mm-hmm. Graphic, and um, and he photographed. Uh, so this is in the 30s and 40s, and he was a news photographer, and he would. Um, and so he, he, he wanted to get to you know you like there were a lot of newspapers at the time, and there were a lot of photographer news photographers that would go, and they all were kind of shooting with similar cameras. Although I will say at that time there were uh, roll film cameras that were in use, but for the most part they all ran. You know, they all were shooting with these large Speech format cameras, yeah. and and they um, so their sharpness was a factor, and and um, but but they were they were quickly processing them, and you know this was all done very quickly. So uh, Ouija had um, his he lived. Um, let's see. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if he, if he lived across the street from the. Yeah. From the police station, is that right? That's okay. what I heard. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but he had um, so he had a police radio, and so he would he would go and often get to the scene of the crime before the cops did, and um, and he there's all sorts of stories about this, you know, where he would go and um, he would you know he would move the body yeah. and do something, you know, yeah. like just do all those things that you would never do now. And um, right. but I think what was uh, interesting about that is that you know there were a lot of photographers uh-huh. doing exactly what he did, uh-huh. a lot of them. Uh-huh. And we know Ouija's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you look at a, if you go and you look at the microfiche or whatever of old like Daily News um, uh, issues, um, that. Those you look at those pictures and you realize, realize those those pictures are not that great. I mean, mm-hmm. there were a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. pictures that were made that we are not looking at. So yeah. Ouija had was a, something of a Mozart mm-hmm. in that he was able to make these pictures that transcended the thing that he was doing. He was yeah. only trying to so, get the job at the newspaper. He yeah. was trying, you know, he's trying to like they made money by getting there first. And by making the best picture, the picture that ran, and um, and within his own lifetime, he became famous. He really so was Ouija the famous. That really kind of what the first thing I went through my head is like. So you think it was just a natural? Like he could just naturally yeah, compose I mean, a picture yeah, and naturally that, like find the moment. And that to me that seems. A little, I mean, know, I'm well, sure the, he has outtakes. Yeah, well, yeah. of course, of course. Oh, when they're not. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, so he got his name. He changed his name to Ouija mm-hmm. from the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. the name comes from him. Being able to, there's like a picture of, like he took a picture of a street corner, and then the next picture is a water main break. Mm-hmm. Like so, he, he like he had the wherewithal to take a picture. Of, I don't know how he did it, but mm-hmm. he knew. Like he was like, you see, I'm able to predict the future. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know yeah. so that's that's yeah. kind of uh, so that that's the sort of thing he did. But I mean, so, I I yeah. do think that he approached again, like he approached death. Like nobody else did. Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, I'm like, like you said, he did things that he probably tampered with a lot of evidence, mm-hmm. moved bodies around. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's there's well, definitely think, such ballsy uh, pictures in here. Yeah, but those, I, mean, I, I think that the pictures that he made, where he was, uh, 
um, where he manipulated them, I don't think those are his best pictures. Mm -hmm. I think he had, I think he, in his later work <laughs> where he elephant. was, his later work where he started manipulating the negatives, I don't think is his best work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think his best work was the thing he took for granted. Mm -hmm. And um, like the, for, for, there was a picture of, um, um, of these uh, um, socialite, two socialite mm -hmm. women walking down the street. Right. And there's, right. I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a, so there's a, there's a drunk guy right next to them. And he, that was totally set up. Like he went and got the guy drunk, mm. took the guy up to the Met opening. <laughs> and there was two major donors. Wow, wow. Like he was waiting for them to walk down the street and he wanted to get the picture <laughs> of the drunk, like them with the drunk. Like he loved that. He thought wow. that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And, but the, th but the truth is you look at that picture, it's not one of his best. And I think that's a lesson is that, yeah. you know, like you, I'll tell you, you're, you're probably best when you're doing the thing that's organic to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the less yeah. you manipulate, yeah. the better. And, yeah. the, you know, and I think about this, you know, with the, with the controversies with uh, around the World Press photo mm -hmm. and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that, that I think um, if we had more in our education program, more, more, more uh, in, in the education of photographers, young photographers, that there was, it's okay for them to not be photojournalists, you know, yeah. I mean, we are all like, we all wanted to be firemen when we wanted, when we grew up, yeah. we all want to be natural geographic photographers uh, when we grow up, yeah. uh -huh. but it's okay if yeah. you're not, it's okay. You know, if you, you could just make pictures that are organic to you. Yeah. yeah. And you know, so I think, you know, if you're lying, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. No, no I mean, so I, I, I kind of feel somewhat blessed is that from day one, I've always known, like I've had that connection to walking. Yeah, you know? no, no, it is. And like, it's very yeah, that's, that's yeah. a There's great a, example. That deep, like I would do, even when I was a camera, it's like I have to go out. That so it's so about something else than just yeah. making the picture, you know? Yeah, yeah like, always, and, and even when I've seen you at parties, even mm -hmm. before I saw your photograph, mm -hmm. you'd always say you came walking from some very long <laughs> way. That's right. very interesting. Yeah. yeah, so it's, and I've always felt like, I, I don't know, like even when I'm in Queens, like I have, why do I have to be, this is where I want to be. This is where yeah. I feel like I have to be photographed. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't care. Like nice. that's being up on a Sunday morning and being out there for three hours on where the hell knows. It's like yeah. that feels mm -hmm. exactly perfect. And I don't yeah. know how do you, that's just an instinct. There's yeah. something yeah. in there where you know you have to follow yeah. okay. that path. And how do you, maybe you see it in somebody's work or mm -hmm. when you're like mentoring them or you're seeing it's like, hey, that's where you should go. Or is it, do you see, do you pull that out of them in the conversation or do you think it's something that they just have to find themselves? Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, this is exactly, um, so we, uh, what I do is um, when I taught, when I first, when I start my classes now, this is something I started doing a few years back, mm -hmm. is that I, I ask people, the whole class, like we just go around the room, is like how we introduce ourselves, is that, you know, I say, well, you know, tell me. Uh, your earliest memory of photography, and so it just may not it may not be a camera, it, it may just be like an event in your life. It could be like you survive a tornado or something or whatever. Like, but it's it's like it's a thing that probably is why you're sitting in a class, a photography class right now. Right. So you actually are blessed, kind of, with that kind of purpose. So we go around in the room, and it's usually. Like, oh, you know, my father was a photographer and actually I've had, you know, people also just about a 50-50, you know, like my mother was a mm -hmm. photographer, mm -hmm. which I love, you know, like, so I yeah, had one yeah, person yeah. was like all the women, like the aunts and the mother, everybody, they were all photographers uh -huh. mm -hmm. and not the father actually. So I, I love that. So it's a good mix. And then are the high school dark room, I have had that. And, you know, so it runs the gamut, but it's all in this area of like, there's no, never been anybody, but there was one person who said, well, actually I started shooting like, you know, a year ago or mm -hmm. something, you know, mm -hmm. like that was, you know, like he was kind of resisting that going deep, mm -hmm. but 
everybody mm -hmm. is able to conjure some memory that like dates, you know, somewhere around the age of nine or 10, mm -hmm. where that was like when you kind of became a photographer. Mm -hmm. Now, as a teacher, I'm probably supposed to be telling them they're not photographers yet. Right, right. Right, you know, that's usually, you know, like you're, you haven't done it yet. You know, you have to like, you know, work your chops and, mm -hmm. but it, the truth is that, that, um, that if you are connected like to that early memory, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it makes it easier for you to wake up in the morning and say to yourself, I'm a photographer. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the, how you become a photographer. Mm -hmm. And so if you go, so if, uh, um, so that, you know, so that, yeah. Yeah. No, because in another interview of Greg too, that he mentioned about how sometimes he like just tunes things out because he mm -hmm. wants his work to come from a place of purity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you, you know, in touch with what mm -hmm. you're saying right now, you're, you're trying to tell people to go back to that pure moment mm -hmm. And keep mm -hmm. that always in the forefront of their mind because that's what gets lost. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you start to, you know, then you start to, like you said, the thumbprint gets too strong and mm -hmm. you're not really in touch with that real organic feeling that you had right in the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. And, you know, again, with something we talk about, it's like when you're not making photographs, a lot of the problems about photography mm -hmm. start to creep into your head and you're yeah. thinking about it, you're thinking about your editing your photos, you're yeah. looking, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see these problems with the pictures, you see these problems with the edit. And, but soon your head's just filled with, oh, how do I fix all these problems? Yeah. And then the moment you go out and take the camera and start taking pictures, all, all of a sudden, They're like, all... the problems start to be solved. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, in the work or in the it walking, drops away. Yeah. it just drops away. And so to right. me, it's like, you kind of have to have that faith in, like, if I go out into the world, I go out and I make the photos that the answer is going to come back to me yeah, in the yeah. photos. Because yeah. I do believe the photos teach you, too. Yeah, they you know do. What I mean? Oh, absolutely. You know? And, you know, another thing that's a problem with us right now is that we are looking at images on the screen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you must, absolutely must print your pictures. Mm -hmm. You yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. must print out work prints, and mm -hmm. that is how you should edit. Yeah. Like, so resist the temptation of editing in Lightroom, mm -hmm. and I know that's it's it's counterintuitive, but you you really should be printing everything out and, and editing with it's the like paper. It's like that dimension, that other whole It changes dimension. it. I mean, it really is like, it's just, you know, it, it does seem counterintuitive to print out a reject. Mm -hmm. Like something that you don't like on the screen, you're going to mm -hmm. print it out. Mm -hmm. But it, it really is better for you. If you want to learn mm -hmm. faster, it's mm -hmm. the best way to do it. But I was also going to say that the, um, so in this idea of purpose that, you know, imagine, so also at the age of nine years old around that time, you know, when you're a kid, mm -hmm. like you're also being told, like, don't, you know, put that down and don't do this. And, you know, like, you know, like you're you're in a, in a you're beginning to have desire for life, and I know this because I'm a father of a nine year old and a two year old. But I I know I can see She's that all nine. they want is to be free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, they you know we kind of hold them back because we don't want them to go out in traffic, we don't want them to be abducted, or we want mm -hmm. to protect them from the world, and we don't want them to stick their finger finger in a light so socket. But Outside of those dangers, like the truth is that it's best for us to allow kids to just be, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like imagine, so now as an adult, you're connecting to that nine-year-old mm -hmm. and you are handing them, like you're handing this adult nine-year-old a camera that they wanted to use, mm -hmm. right? So if you, if you had an early memory of being a photographer, that's what your desire was. Mm -hmm. And now you have that ability mm -hmm. Like, and you go out and you photograph, like, it's understandable that the rent drops away, the the idea, you know, all of these things, these, you know, like the, the editing and all mm -hmm. these concerns mm -hmm. about life drop away mm -hmm. because you can have what you want. Yeah. Mm. So we, you're yeah, yeah, you're, it's like you're able to have this desire. And, and that, and I think that is really true. And I, I really, 
I want, I want my students I, and I, I want for myself that I want to be able to make the pictures I want to make. I don't, you know, I, I sometimes think I have to just lose everybody in a way. I just have to, like, for me to make the pictures I want to make, mm-hmm. I have to stop thinking about what... Everyone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. And and I get, you know, it's just easy. It, it's a process of, of, like, you know, when, you know, it's, it's after being outside on the street for a couple of hours, that's when it arrives, you know, mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, okay, yeah. now yeah. we're in it. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 I'm, really, yeah. I'm not thinking yeah. of anybody. Yeah, well, yeah. that's, I always say, like, I'm in the shit. I know when I'm in the shit, it's like, yeah. I'm getting a little bit tired, and it's like, all right, yeah. you're, you got to get back to point B or whatever it is, and yeah. you're still working and to me like that's always yeah but one thing i always really do love about photography too is like you can make your whatever your one picture here is like Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean anything because the next you got to go and make it the next one yeah and you always got to what if if you flipped it and like instead of you had to go make Mm -hmm. the next one you get to make you get to make it so in other words like you you flip it so there's not you know so that your picture making is not an an obligation but Mm -hmm. life force Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you get to be alive yeah you know, imagine, like, if you're dead, <laughs> you know, when you're dead, I imagine, like, hitting your thumb with a hammer is going to, f- would be amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, any dead person would be like, you know what, you kind of just give me that hammer. I just want to feel that. I just yeah, want to feel yeah, yeah. the feeling of hitting my thumb with yeah. a hammer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, you're alive. Mm-hmm. So, you get to, like, imagine the most, dr- like, drudgery, uh, like, annoying thing mm-hmm. If you're connected with your life force, you actually, you know, this is like an opportunity, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, but, I, and I have to, and I, look, I mean, I just shot yesterday all day. And I, you know, like, I mean, by the 11th person, I was like, you know, they walk away and, you know, the, all of that glowing, you know, kind of magic of getting to know somebody walks away. <laughs> and then I'm back to square one. And mm-hmm. that, and I'm always a present of that. And you, how do you, get yourself back to square one, like where you're like, I love square one. Yeah. You know, well, how do I embrace I love square, square one? one. Yeah. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I'm a photographer. I love square one. <laughs> well, you know so, what? I think that's a good way to wrap things up, too, yeah, man. All right. You're back to square one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Greg Monge. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Man, Thank we, you. Like we this covered, was fun. <laughs> Did we, we cover everything? Yeah, we covered everything, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome, guys. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volante and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening.